Troopers, welcome into volume two of Hoop Troop Summer. Unless you're living under a rock, you've heard that Omaha Blue is coming back to Iowa. We talk about the impact that he'll have. We talk about the top 64 going on at Carroll and down at Pella. Um, what the shot clock has meant to the game so far this summer and what we anticipate with this winter. Um, we also talk about coaching in the summer philosophies and what that looks like. Attire, what maybe should or shouldn't be worn on the sidelines. Um, we just have a lot of fun. We hope you enjoy this one. As always, shoot or shoot. Let's go. You can't guard me in the paint. I'm an artist. See, I hustle on the flow. Call me Rick Ross. See the troop get it jumping like a tip-off. I play hard till I hit a rep, blow the whistle. I'm a player, but my game be so official. Shooters and troopers, welcome back to part two of our Hoop Troop Summer. I had to check in with the guys. We unfortunately don't have a full roster. You guys know how this goes. Summer's crazy, getting schedules. Uh, Coach Betts had a, had a wedding. His son got married this weekend, and so he was definitely a game-time decision to make the pod, and you will quickly find out he's not with us. Um, and so we'll have to get another one on the books here, get it into the – check in up there and see what's going on see how the wedding went we got to get the ibca uh golf golf uh attorney see how that went for him too and so a lot to check in with tom we'll get an opportunity there tony's not with us either too he sent a few notes uh, on a few topics that we have for you guys here uh tonight and so we'll we'll check in on that but we got to hear uh how the aau circuit and roads going um he's got to be thinking about some preseason rankings and do some of that stuff too so we got to get tony back on as well um, but enough about those guys. Let's talk about who we do have. Chris Larson in the house, Doug Deers, Adam V. As always, guys, we're ready to uh, break down some summer hoops and how things are a little bit different. Uh, let's get let's get into this right away. But and Doug, I want to start with you. You guys got a, a, a lot of games going on uh, in the in the top sixty four. You guys are five weeks in uh, to a seven week summer season. Um, fill us in a little bit of how things are going both down there in Pella and out at Carroll as well. Yeah, it's actually kind of crazy that uh, I just got back from Carroll and we're five weeks down, only two weeks to go. Um, it's been fun. Uh, I, I love this time of the year, just kind of seeing new players, new teams, kind of some freshmen, sophomore players that you kind of never heard of kind of stepping up. But uh, down in Pell, I have 12 boys teams, um, eight girls teams. So I have 20 teams total. And then over in Carroll, uh, we have 10 boys teams and eight girls teams. So um, yeah, no, it's been great. It's been uh, it's been fun. We we always have a, a year end tournament, so in a couple of weeks we'll have a I'll seed them out. Um, which association will actually be seeding teams right this year? Yeah, yeah, okay. So uh, I have my own seeding system um, that I've developed, and uh, so we'll have a little tournament here in a couple of weeks, and uh, it's kind of fun to crown a summer tournament champion. So um, yeah, we're rolling along. Good. Any uh, any surprises or things that you've seen that you kind of like that maybe you weren't expecting? I actually I do. Probably the best team over in Carroll is actually Kemper. Um, and I don't know where Tony Rowe will have them in his top 10 preseason, but if he doesn't have them in there, he hasn't done his homework because uh, they got some guards. They got some uh, some bigs, they just a uh, bunch of skill guys, um, and a lot of Carol names. Casper Bauer. Um, they have a Gifford. They got a uh, um, a Vanami. Those are all Carol names that have been in there for decades. Uh, but they're gonna be they're gonna be good. They guard. They can shoot it. Um, athletic. So Kemper is my preseason top ten, probably top five, and I'm gonna pick them for the state tournament. I don't know if they can win it, but. I think they can get there. So they're, uh, they're impressive actually. That's awesome. I was, I was going to ask you, I'm like, is that your pick right now? I know it's early, but uh feels like Kemper. I have they're, my, they're my pick to get there. Okay, good. I like it. Um, what about down Pella? Anybody, uh, anybody surprised you? Or what have you, what have you liked to watch there? Uh, it's actually been interesting because Pella's got a whole new team. Um, Pella Christian has a whole new team. They'll have five new starters. Pella will have five new starters. Um, Bondurant, they're actually probably the best team there. Um, there's a mixed team with kids from Ankeny and, and uh, Baxter. That's actually really good too. But um, Bondurant's probably the best team. They got about everybody coming back. Colby Collison's their leading scorer. He averages about 35 down here. So he kind of scores whenever he wants. So it's kind of fun. 
Um, but that's, that's kind of where I'm at down here. Oh, good. Good, good. It, uh, it's been fun to follow along on Twitter. Uh, you, you do an awesome job of updating and, and kind of getting the information and highlighting the kids and the teams and everything out there. So if you guys are not already following the top 64, then definitely hit them up. Doug? One thing I, that is interesting about the league is kind of how the different strategies of coaches, how some coaches will sit back and kind of let their kids play. And other coaches treat it like it's substate, and they're coaching every single play. Um, and I don't know what the right way to do it is, but it's it's interesting just to sit back for me, just to and I just watch kind of what they do. But um, like Coach Schulte, I don't think he would mind me calling him out on this. He kind of lets his kids decide who even starts, so he kind of says, "Okay, go," and the you know kind of the older kids just kind of filter out. Um, and he kind of lets the kids more play during the summer than, um, you know, he, he obviously has control of it, but he kind of lets the kids kind of figure out what they need to do. So, and other coaches are like every play they're yelling at the kids. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, stop. Cause it's, it's pretty bad. I'm like, it's summer. Let them play. Yeah. So. It feels like summer is player development. I mean, even in a team camp, like you're trying to get these players better and so kind of finding ways I guess I always found it as an opportunity you're still obviously getting after kids but like from a schematic and what you're trying to run uh situation didn't seem like you were as heavy what about for you Larson what summer summer coaching strategy how did it differ um for you than obviously in the heart of the season yeah that's interesting I uh it really I was just thinking about something I saw on Twitter this morning I'm about just make sure that you understand everything matters and um, that is how I was thinking a lot when you guys were just talking about summer hoops is I think as a coach, I don't care what your style is. Just make sure you understand everything matters. Every message you send to your kid matters. And so just whatever you're doing, make sure that I, I, this is how I, I will tell you, I tried to think about it is that have a purpose for why you're doing it. Don't just be like, well, we're just, you know, I, I guarantee you, Derek, has a reason that he and, and he also has an established program and so he can let guys and he wants to see who's gonna who's gonna be take take the leadership and grab the reins but i guarantee you he's also paying close attention to what everybody's doing and then there might be sure. i i know this when i was first trying you know when we were building our program i coached a lot harder in the summer and there were times where some of our biggest wins i remember we beat jefferson jefferson scranton was good back then and we beat them out on an outside court, um, and we had a good team. We, we ended up getting third in state that year. But that that game kind of like catapulted. They were like 12-3 and three at Simpson camp and won the division, and we came out and we kind of kicked their tails. And it was a real self-confidence boost, and it catapulted us into the season. So I, I also remember uh, in 2009 up at UNI we were playing, and uh, we had a really good player named Alex Dore. And we, he was going straight up against Eric May and they were just going back and forth. And, and we ended up beating Wallert. Well, we faced them in the first round of the, the state tournament that year. Um, that's the same year Coach Betts' team whooped us in the finals. But my point being, everything matters. So it doesn't matter. Like, it, I just think, and, and so there'll be different games. Like, maybe if we we're 3-0, and on a weekend, then I might let them play it. And sometimes I almost want us to get beat because I want to see how they're going to react. And so, I don't know. I, I think my, my at least my philosophy is just have a purpose for however you're doing it. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and I think too, even Doug, to your point with kind of letting the kids decide, sometimes you're looking for that leader too, you know, as you're right. like, who's going who's gonna to be my leader? Like you're there's always little things that you're looking for and you might do things differently in the summer to try to pull out like who's going to lead, who's got the confidence, who who's going to step up and be like, Hey, I got this. And um, that's why these, these camps and like going and traveling and playing with the kids that you're going to be playing with is I think is so valuable. Like obviously we got the AU circuit and going playing against top talent. There's a lot to be said about that. Um, but there's also a lot to be said about playing with the kids that you're going to play with in the winter and being around the coach and being around the the people that you're going to be involved with that are going to, 
you know, essentially make or break your career. And I'm sure that some people would argue with that too, from a, from an AU to, to school ball standpoint, but I think it is massively important. So, well, and I think um, Brian too, you know, one other thing that, that I will tell you a lot of times I just let us play, but then there'd also be, maybe if we get to crunch time, I'd want to call a timeout and run a set for, for what I thought could get. And, and it'd be not something we practiced all week or, or up, but just to see, who on the fly and in a, in a tight game can go execute because that helps me as a coach get confidence in a kid. Cause I'm like, all right. And it might not even be the kids shooting, but it might be the guy who's setting the screen or getting the hell out of the way or, you know, whatever the case may be, but you can learn a lot by, by um, observing these games. Well, I think you should, I mean, why would you not take advantage of this time? You know, as if you have your team there, take advantage of it. Perfect. Today we had, so how the schedule works, Carroll actually has two teams in the Carroll League. So he's got so many kids, so he split his teams up. Well, it came down to a last-second um, possession. And Coach Beeson was there, and he was actually coaching one of, the, one of the teams, the team that was behind. So it was actually a great opportunity for him, for his kids, because he's, he's kind of got new, newer kids in there too. Um, he set up a couple of different plays, ran a, a sideline out-of-bounds plays. Um, it didn't work and went out of bounds. So he kind of called timeout and tried to try to do it again. But that's a perfect scenario where it's like, okay, guys, this is like a, a game time thing here and, you know, step up. So I know for him, it was a great opportunity to, to just coach his kids and, and uh, you know, his team actually ended up losing, but, um, uh, but it was, you know, the perfect scenario for him. Hey, so, can I give a little rant real quick absolutely. about summer basketball though? So having done it for, you know what I mean? Obviously been, been here coaching for a long time. I'm going to just give you one of, this is just a little irritant of mine is as you do it, all of a sudden, sometimes we'd get beat by teams who are really good. And you're like, God, I've never seen these people at summer camp all summer. And they're really good. And then two years later, when they're the, you know, they had a couple good players and they're gone, they're never back in the summer. And I don't know if you get that at all, Doug. And I do think that's getting better, that there's a lot more programs being grounded in it. But I will tell you, there there was a long time where, like, you'd be like, yeah, well, we'll see these guys through this, you know, stud players couple of years, and then you don't see them again for five or six years until they're good again. The one thing Summer should not be about is winning every game. I mean, you should not care if you're good or bad. It is about not just player development, but team development. And it doesn't matter if you're a five and you're getting yourself to a seven or you're seven and getting yourself to a 10. It, it should be every summer you go to work. Coach so, Larson. That's I my rant. You, I, I need you to come over, um, Pella or Carol, wherever, and, and we'll stop the games and you say that to the parents. Yeah, it doesn't right. matter if you win or lose. That's 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 what I want you to tell them. That's actually why it was fun when we go up like to UNI camp or wherever, because the kids wouldn't feel the pressure of winning early. Because it doesn't matter. And and sometimes, like I said, we'd always want to play the toughest teams. And you could go one and five on a weekend, but it'd be a great weekend for you because you also learn uh, about how tough you are and, and and handle a little adversity. Well, and I think with those team camps too. I mean, you brought it up. Uh, you know, if you're going, you know, down to Simpson or up to UNI or wherever it might be for team camp, uh, you know, I, at least in our situation, the parents aren't coming down for to watch your yeah, right, so you have just right. an opportunity where it's just like you and your team, you're just playing. I mean, you're with your guys at night, you know, obviously now with, with cell phone FaceTime, they're probably still getting updates with, with dad, but like you're pulling them away from there and being able to be like, Hey, let's just hoop and let's just learn a lot about ourselves. Right. And then let's, let's take this and figure out where we can get better, where I need to get better. Like who, you know, where did I get exposed as a player? Where the team can we get better? Um, you know, do we have some young kids? That, oh, I kid, you know, he looked pretty good. He held his own. Um, you know, I can't wait till we get, this baseball player to play with us full time or whatever it is. And so you can learn a lot about your, about yourself uh, and your individual game. And then obviously it's the team as well. Um, so Larson going, going to your quote that everything matters. Um, does the coach, what the coach is wearing, does that matter? Does that send a signal? <laughs> <to the player? laughs> this is like your guys's favorite game. I think in the summer, well, actually in the year or two is we, we should call it, 
what is the coach wearing? Uh, <laughs> this is this is our hashtag jeans and jumpers. I think is what we'll just roll with that. But so, I mean, I so gotta what, say yes, though. I mean, I think I, everything matters. If you want credibility with your kids, and and say what you want, but if you're like wearing, you know, I mean, I, I think we're not asking a lot like in summer you can wear a team t-shirt and shorts and you're good like mm -hmm. but i think it goes to say just make sure you know it still matters so be comfortable <laughs> if you're a loafers guy and you're like hey i'm fine that my players know that like be you mm -hmm. but make sure that you understand that how you dress does matter because it is going to be sending some message to a kid how's that for an answer totally flip flip-flops in the summer i'm just saying no. <laughs> no 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 flip-flops no you flip just gotta own it whatever you do you better own it i think you can wear flip-flops in the summer oh man I, I don't know what about crocs what if you show up in some crocs ready to go <laughs> I just think I just know this. My old man New Balance got made a lot of fun of by my players too. So yeah, I probably would have been better off to wear flip flops. I think baseball hat, baseball hat, and flip flops are perfectly fine in the summer. I'm I going just think that. that if you're if you're a flip flops guy, like you wear flip flops, right? Then I think that's that's fine. But yeah, I agree with you, Coach Larson. That I mean, if you're showing up and like flannel pants pajamas and like sitting down the whole time like your your kids aren't gonna aren't gonna aren't gonna <laughs> take it seriously so be you i think yeah oh man that's great i love it um it's it's definitely interesting to see i mean all, all of the things that some guys show up i mean i know we this is a topic <laughs> on hoop group that we during the season preseason uh saturday uh scrimmages au ball i mean we've talked about this to a great extent but it's fun i mean it's it's it is definitely fun to track and uh it keeps us it keeps us entertained uh if yeah. nothing else i don't know my man in the flower flower swim trunks though i i i, I you gotta you gotta have a lot of confidence to own that though i just, he was just going to the pool afterwards that's right it's just, it's just they like Pulled him off the boat to get him uh, to get him cooked. <laughs> oh, you know, like I said, everything matters. You know, if that's a that's, right. that's the vibe you want. You want your kids playing relaxed in the summer? Then let's do it. Uh, so, but uh, just don't just don't expect to make sure that uh, they keep their shirts and everything tucked in and everything clean cut on the court. If you're uh, if you're looking like you got a, a, a six o'clock sand volleyball game, so. <laughs> um shot clock let's talk about uh how shot clock has has gone so far um adam you had an opportunity to run down to winter set let's let's touch on winter set real quick too i'd like to get your take um obviously had some 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 serious basketball being played down there some really good teams throughout the area um throughout the state even um and so a little bit of your take on on the winter set and that event their team camp that they hosted here a few weeks a week ago a few weeks back two weeks uh ago and then um shot clock and a little bit of what you saw there yeah for sure um yeah made it down to winter set for friday afternoon um saw some really good teams saw some really good players um also saw some teams that are in a in a rebuild um and as as uh as it happens sometimes in the these you know summer camps and stuff some teams that didn't have their their whole team there that 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 they will in the winter time but um saw some really good games saw a uh rolling story team that uh, made it state mm -hmm. last year um and if i recall correctly i think they have most of their guys back um they're you know i, I watched them play a half of basketball then went to another gym but they 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 played very well um and very skilled very athletic uh so you know I, I i look for them to make some noise this winter again um saw winter set play centennial as well winter set played very well in that game i believe that game went to overtime and winners that had the ball uh with an opportunity to win at the end and just uh actually i think there was a turnover at the end so they didn't didn't even get a shot up but um yeah as far as the actual as far as the actual event um you know the game started on time uh there was no um you know on the games that were late, uh, like I'm kind of used to going to some of those events. So it was very well run. 
Um, as far as talking about the shot clock, you know, I didn't see any issues that players or teams had uh, with shot clock. They were, they were, they were letting it fly, which was awesome to see. Um, and, you know, I, I know that this is obviously summer and, um, uh, you know, have a, have a couple months before season started, but I know there's been a lot of talk about the operators of the shot clock, knowing kind of, you know, when to reset, when not to reset. I didn't see any issues with that. So Doug, I, I did, I'd be interested to see or hear from you if, if you've seen, seen any issues with that, but uh, overall winter set was a, was a great event. Talked to a lot of coaches there who are very excited about their teams and, you know, actually a lot of them that had, that I had conversations with that we were just having that, you know, Hey, we, uh, we didn't play very well, but Hey, we have half our guys here and this is why we play summer ball. You know, we see those, 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 those guys that maybe aren't the number one or number two, um, see how they handle being number one or number two at these summer, at these summer leagues. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, overall a great event. Coach Henry put on a great event. Um, you know, talked to him a little bit as he was running around, but, uh, it was fun. Um, and looking forward to, you know, being, being, um, a, a regular visitor, um, at that, at that winter set tournament every summer. Uh, do we know how many, how many teams were there? Do we know roughly? I mean, not, it's, it's a two day. I know that some people play both days. Some people um, play just one. And so um, was it, is it 30? Is that what you're kind of thinking, Doug? Yeah, I think I, I, I talked to him and uh, one team canceled early in the morning on Friday. So I think they actually ended up with 29 overall, but yeah, that's what they were expecting. 30. And it's, I mean, and they're really good programs, you know, a lot, obviously central Iowa, but then I know some people traveled from, you know, a little bit further North. Um, and I, I even talked with a few coaches who were like, yeah, next year we're going down there. I think they probably saw the list of who was there and where they're at. And so it'll be interesting to, to follow that. I know it's, it's, it's fairly new, but it seems like the setup um, and having the three courts and just being able to kind of run things down there uh, seems to really work. And it's, it's a great opportunity. It's a quick way to go down there and get a bunch of games in um, and against some good competition as well. And uh, it sounded, it sounded like they had a little assist help from our guy, Doug, to get the shot clocks and everything set up. And so that uh, is always good. And we have uh, coaches helping coaches throughout uh, the state and making things possible. And so, um, from a shot clock standpoint, what have you seen, Doug, any issues with them? You know, Adam brought up, I mean, running them, have, have we picked it up pretty quick on when things hit the rim and when they don't, have we had any issues of, have players made adjustments? Have you seen any actual shot clock violations? Um, so we run shot clock in Pella. We do not run it over in Carroll. Um, just logistically wise, it doesn't work over there. But, um, I think the biggest thing that I've seen is, when the shot clock gets to about 10 kids start to panic, not, not realizing 10 seconds is still a long time, but boy, when that thing gets to 10 and all of a sudden it's nine and everybody starts counting nine, eight, and one dribble and that thing is being jacked up. So I think that actually is something that they're going to have to work on. Like, okay, 10 seconds is still, you can get three, four passes in yet. Um, so that's probably the number one thing that I've seen. And, then, you know, we've had violations and um, I think actually coaches have like it when that type of thing happens because they can kind of get used to it. Um, but operating it is super easy. I, I think mm -hmm. that part has been way, way overblown. Um, I mean, it's each game we probably have maybe one or two times where you're like, okay, did it hit? Didn't. Mm -hmm. And I just tell my guy, hey, just be patient with it. And don't don't reset it right away. Just wait for the ref and then reset it. Um, and if you're late, you're late. And nobody nobody watches the shot clock. Um, no one's paying attention to it. So I, I just think that part of it, people were kind of freaking out about it. That it's your training is going to take about two minutes for these operators, and that's it. It's it's super simple and super easy. So um, I, I don't think there's going to be any problem with that. We haven't. I mean, summer's a little different because you can kind of, you know, if you, if, you, if it didn't hit the rim and you reset it, it's, you know, no one, no one's really yelling at you or saying anything, but um, so yeah, it, it's been fun though. Um, the girls games, there's, there's more violations. They don't quite jack it up quite as much um, as the guys. Uh, so that's probably one of the biggest things I've seen too. Um, so, but it, it's been fun just, and I know the coaches and the teams like it too. 
uh larson i'll be interested to hear your take and so sound it, it sounds like you know doug as you mentioned coming down starts 10 seconds everyone starts freaking out um so it'll be interesting um to know from your from a coaching standpoint larson being able to have confidence with the ball and your set and what you're trying to do, it feels like even on a defense, there's, they're kind of thinking the same thing, especially the first couple times and the first half of the season. Uh, feels like it'd be pretty easy to catch a back screen or a back cut, you know, with three or four on the clock and get a lot of easy ones when people start looking up and, and, and freaking out. And so I guess from your standpoint, uh, going into, you know, trying this summer into the first part of the year, um, where's the focus at? Are you, are you focusing on that on that set or on that um, high screen or something to, to with the clock running down? Or are you talking defensively? Obviously, you're going to do both. But what what's probably the main focus? And how do you how do you start to prepare for this if you're on the coaching side? It's funny that um, so Doug, I don't remember. Maybe me and you had text about it too. But uh, um, I've talked to a couple different coaches who said the exact same thing that you just said that that's their biggest aha about this summer is that they panic and shoot with eight seconds left. And so that's still a, you know, a, what a third of your, of your time or whatever, over just about a third of your time. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that I've talked to a couple different coaches who are, who are, who are more set on saying, Hey, we'll take two shot clock violations at, at times in order to get a shot or excuse, excuse me, in order to, to not just jack it up there. Because you guys know also, I think, and it's funny you brought up the girls game because I think this would be even more true for them. Like you got to be careful because sometimes you just hoist up a bad shot and that's going to lead to transition for the other team that you'd be better served just getting, you know, we all know that five on five is the hardest thing to do in basketball is when you get it so at least if you get a shot clock it, it, we used to always say that about 10 second violations too like hey don't panic you know and think you have to do something because then they get a layup i think the same thing could hold true but i've talked to three or four coaches who said the exact same thing doug was saying and that i think you're going to see a lot of people just play kind of through that and then trust their kids when they get under five to have to you know to have to make a play a little bit um so it's just interesting i think we'll all learn as it goes but i i found it interesting that you said that doug because that's exactly to some of the guys i've been talking to what they've said too so um i i don't mean to defer but i think it, it, that's going to be a little bit of growth for all coaches you know um it, if you panic seven or eight times at 10 seconds is that really better than getting two shot clock violations? And again, I think that'll all kind of sort itself out. I do also think, you know, the best teams are the ones where the kids start thinking the game and it's not a coach over there screaming what to do with 10 seconds left. But if you can get your kids and teach them the game, you know, we've talked about this before. If we can teach kids how to play and then just trust them to go do it. They all know that there's a shot clock now. So let them play a little bit within it. So, so I had a couple coaches say that they had a like um, a set play or I don't know if it necessarily a play, but they when it got to a certain number, like 10 or nine, they mm -hmm. were going to call out um, Arizona and then they were automatically going to run that play. I don't know if it's a pick and roll or anything like that. I mean, yeah. that something See, I think that's interesting, though. Think about that with college basketball. I think a lot of people, you know, if you think back to Tom Davis, you know, back with Iowa, you know, in the in the nineties and stuff, they always got to that double high sky. I always think of Andre Woolridge, right? And it would be like, oh, shot clocks at ten, boom, they get into double high screen, and they're always doing. And that's what I was saying was interesting because I think some coaches are saying, I don't know if that's worth it to 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 break the five seconds of good offense and some cuts. Maybe you can get a back screen at ten seconds instead of going out and letting people set up for that. And so that's where I think some of that learning is going to take place. I think you've seen the college game grow a little bit out of that where you don't, you see players making decisions in those last five seconds, not necessarily coaches running particular sets. So I don't know. I think it'll grow for everybody, but I think it's why we've needed a shot clock and why it'll make it a better game. I can see, I can, I can see it being heavy, like set play under 10 uh, to start with anyway. Um, and then as teams get more comfortable with their system and the clock and know like, hey, if we just run our stuff, we're going to get a shot up in 30 seconds anyway. 
mm-hmm. um, and trusting that process, but that's going to take some time. Like they're going to get through it and they're going to freak out and coaches safe is going to be all right, running out. Here we go. Fist high screen roll. And we're going to run downhill from there um, mm-hmm. until eventually, you know, it's, it's going to take some time. Like you can't just expect these kids to come out and, you know, look like a college team to start with. Yeah, well, it's going to be fun. What's been great too is uh, when we have close games, when there's two minutes, two and a half minutes left, and it's a five or six point game, they just run their stuff and they don't, it's, there's no pulling the ball out, which has been awesome. They don't, it's, it doesn't end up to be a foul fest the last two minutes of the game because they, they have to play, they got to shoot. Yeah. And so it, it gives them a chance, you know, if you're within five, six points, it's not just, okay, foul and let's shoot free throws. That's where it's, that's where coaching is going to come into play. Um, and it's going to be fun to watch. It, it's just not going to be a foul fest in four corners, uh, you know, with three minutes left in the game. Have you, I think uh, it's going to reward smart teams. Like I, I think teams that are smart enough and have point guards or, or guards, let's not call them point guards, but guards who are smart enough to figure out two for one situations at the end of each quarter. Um, and all those teams that do that, are going to earn themselves so many more possessions and how they can, like, I agree with you, Doug, that we don't want them just holding, but also teams that are smart enough to know that, Hey, if I do have a five point lead and I can work that shot clock, I am limiting the amount of possessions left in the game. Now you're still right. Not just holding it forever, but it's going to make it a more cerebral game. I think. Have you seen a well-executed two for one yet, Doug? No. <laughs> I have, not, have not figured that out yet oh man between but isn't that, that fun that we'll have kids that are, start learning that and thinking about it uh between a two for one and uh eight second freak out i can imagine the number of step backs that we're gonna start to see here at uh winter said i saw two attempts at it um one was one was from the dutch and it was it was a 25 foot air ball three pointer. And, uh, the other one, what, what was, a, was a little better, but still probably could have, uh, um, got a better, got a better shot than that. So mm-hmm. it'll, it'll take some time, obviously. Yeah. It'll be those ones where you kind of, the well executed, you, you understand as you probably give up a basket on one end and you push in transition and get a quick corner three or something. You're gonna be like, Oh, yeah. nice. good. You know, nice. That's good. Now you got an opportunity to get the ball back with 12 seconds or whatever it is. Um, but then you're also going to see the ones where you're like, all right, there you go. Well, we did that part and then gave up an offensive rebound and now yeah. they got to put back and you know, that's going to happen too. But I, I do think what, um, what I would do as a coach not now granted I've never coached it's a minute of varsity basketball in my life um, I coached freshman at Boone though so I do have a little little going for me I would play uh, in the girls game I would play zone mm-hmm. and because I and I would identify their their number one shooter or number you know their two best shooters and I would face guard them and I would just dare the other kids, the other girls to shoot because they have to. It's 35 seconds and then it gets to about 10 and they're going to host it, hoist it up. I, I just think that there's going to be a lot of strategy that way, too, with with coaches um, where I, w- I would just pack it in and just dare those kids to shoot three pointers um, and just identify the top a couple shooters and because they have to shoot it. They're going to, they'll run out of time. So I, I think there's going to be definitely some strategy there. Um, and you might see more, more zone, um, especially on the girl side. But see, Doug, I think that's where being a really good, smart player though, too, you know, like, and again, I like what you're saying and I, and I agree with you, but also having a really heady guard out there who denies their best player the ball. Maybe you're not playing that defense, but he knows, Hey, it's at 10 seconds. I, I, you know, that's a coaching point to tell like it, whenever it gets low, don't ever let Bowen Bourne get the ball if possible. And like, so again, I just think it makes a lot more strategy in the game. It's going to be a lot more uh, pleasant game to watch because I think it'll reward smart kids. I think you'll see a lot more three quarter court stuff too. uh, Especially early on. I mean, if you're sitting there and you're able to (laughs) confuse them, for 15, 20 seconds. And then obviously they're already freaking out under 10 seconds. 
Um, mm-hmm. That means that you really only have about five seconds of real defense that you have to play. <laughs> so it's, uh, uh, I think, especially the first year, uh, and as these kids and coaches and teams and everyone are, are kind of figuring that out, um, it's great. I mean, at the end of the day, what it's going to do, to Larson, to your point, I mean, you're just going to have to think the game a lot more from all positions. Mm-hmm. Everyone's, everyone's going to have to think the game from coach to to, to players and so um it'll be fun it's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be good it's gonna be exciting i know that now this won't be the last time uh, on the podcast we're gonna talk about it because it'll it'll come up often um <clears throat> but all right before uh before we start to wind down we got the uh, recent news that came out uh omaha blue sounds like coming back to uh central iowa and uh, joining the warriors Waukee. um from the sounds of things this is uh, I'm going to go ahead and say social media news as of right now. I don't know that anything's been truly confirmed um, as far as how that's going to work or what it's going to look like. But I do know that um, Waukee's, you know, their basketball Twitter had picked it up. And so we're going to run with that. And um, what do you guys think? Obviously, you know, we got big time, big time athletes, top 20, right? Player in the nation, five-star recruit um, coming back to uh, a warrior team that's overachieved, I would say, last year um, in losing in sub-state final, I believe. But uh, um, I watched them play at least once, maybe twice last year. And they got some they got some kids there. And obviously, adding, adding a five-star kid, it'll be interesting to see how the Warriors do, but uh, to see how that matchup with the Crosstown Northwest um, – <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing is how that's going to shake out. And so, so what do you think? What's your initial first thoughts, Larson, on uh, on a five-star kid coming back to Iowa here? Yeah, I mean, first of all, let's be honest. No matter what, it's just great for our state, right? Like, I mean, this is a kid who probably in two years from from this week is going to be part of the NBA draft, it looks like. You know, I mean, that's that's the, the route he's headed on. And so it's obviously was fun when he was at Dowling and now he's back at Waukee, goes to, to prep school. And I'd rather see him play his senior year because I, I will tell you, I don't know much about how things went at prep school. And so I think just having him be part of our, our culture and our, you know, our game in Iowa is going to be fun. And I think it makes, you know, when he was at Waukee, it was when it was one school and now it is not. And so obviously he... You know, I, I mean, I guess in some senses he had a choice, right, to, to which one he was, or, you know, to figure out where he's going to go. But some of the guys that were his teammates, like Bryce Sanford, is now, you know, his his arch rival. And that's going to make for can't miss. I guarantee you that's going to be our game of the week, whatever whatever the date is they're going to play. December and, uh, d- December 6th and January 20th are the two matchups. <laughs> well, those, Tony Tony sent those over to me. He's like, these, these are much must-watch games. Well, and not only that, but, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know if anybody's seen Valley yet, but I heard Valley's looking insanely good this year uh, or this summer. And so we are, we talk about it all the time, but just the talent level that we have in our state of basketball um, just keeps, uh, keeps flowing in. And obviously bringing in one of the best players in the country is just going to make it that much more fun. So from that 4A side of things, um, again, Tony, our guy Tony sent in a few notes. It'll be, uh, again, anxious to get him on the pod and get his take on some things. Uh, yeah, he said it took – had Waukee as potential as uh, uh, probably a good lead into making state and now has him as a, a contender and, and likely flirting with the top five in 4A along with Northwest, Kennedy, um, Ankeny. Indianola and Cedar Falls are kind of those teams that are going to be in there. And then you add obviously um, Waukee to that mix and, and where does he, where does he fall or where does he elevate that team to? And then ultimately who drops out. And so it'll be interesting before uh, things even get started for the ball, even gets thrown in the air. There'll be plenty of talk, plenty of speculation as far as what's going on. Um, but another, uh, in, in mentioning to a few of those teams, um, you know, Tony sent me over some information, but we want to get him on to see how some of the AU circuits going. But one thing I'll note that, um, it, from social media world is telling me that Kingery is having himself a summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems like he's been playing pretty well. Um, things are, things are really, uh, kind of connecting for him and he's athletic abilities are always been there. 
Um, it seems like things are coming together. Obviously, you got, uh, I would say, some pretty close ties or connections. Larson, anything more to add to that? Or have you heard as far as what? No, I, I just, uh, I, and I've been a big fan of him for a long time. He's just, a, he has a great game, you know, um, just in terms of his overall game. I think he's been shooting it a lot better this summer from, I have not seen him play, but that's just kind of what I've heard. Um, and that's really uh, putting him in a good spot. And I think he shot it well this spring. And, and he's always had that athleticism, the ball handling defense, you know, where he can be be really good on that. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of as the summer winds down, you know, where he ends up with, with offers. But, like, at the same time, like, just going back to speaking to the high school team, they have all, everyone back except Cooper Naylor. And um, so they – also are looking at a really good run with him behind them. And so you just look at all these teams that, you know, have division one players leading them. And then a lot of really good, uh, good athletes and players to, to support them. And uh, yeah, I think Indianola is going to be right in the mix. So are you saying that the little hockey runs through Warren County then? I did say that earlier because I Norwalk's <laughs> going to be good again this year too. They, they return almost everybody from the team that they had last year and uh, um, they're going to be really good. And, and, and I, I mean, to be fair, Doug was, you know, it's a little bit of a regroup in, in, in Marion County right now that they have some younger faces, but don't fool yourself. That's where Norwalk was last year. And they, I promise you Pella and Pella Christian are going to be just fine. You know, DCG lost a lot, but I watched them um, at Grandview for a while. And I, they, they're they're going to be really tough, but just it's uh, that that's what makes summer kind of exciting for kids too is the the story's unwritten. And so you know if I'm a kid or a coach right now, I, I'm not letting anyone tell me who's going to be the best team because I'm going to go work my tail off to to earn it. Yeah, it is. It's fun. It's fun for us. It's got to be fun for the kids. Um, obviously, in, in today's world of kind of seeing highlights and uh, the courtside films of who's doing what and mm -hmm. everything of what's going on and highlight tape here and promo here and there and all that stuff. And obviously, then running into each other at different different places and different venues. It's got to be fun for them. Hopefully, uh, they're enjoying this moment, um, continuing to work on their game, get better, and then look, getting excited for winter. I mean, it's something that uh, this is why we work for. It's what we build for. Um, it's why the hoop troops got to stay sharp. It's why we got to know what's going on, too. So we're ready to go um, come winter as well. But um, one other, then one other note, too, on the girls' side. I uh, almost forgot to mention, but we, you know, I know we talked last time we were on. West Des Moines Valley did find their uh, head guy in Matt Utah, um, bringing him down from, from West Delaware. Uh, so that was one hire that uh, I know that we talked about was was open last um, hoop troop that we did. So they have that position filled. Um, Central Iowa, that kind of that we can think of right now, kind of covers it from a from a coach opening position. Um, I guess the only other change we'll mention briefly here before we get out was that the Iowa Association has has uh, mentioned a, a change in, as far as seedings go. Um, and so we'll kind of have more of a breakdown of that as things get a little bit closer, especially with Tom. But um, again, Larson, what do you like about the, the changes um, and the dates being moved up? So you kind of have a little bit more of an idea. It sounds like trying to, um, in a lot of ways, mirror a little bit of what the girls do. Yeah. And I think move back, you know, so you get more games in before they have to determine who's going to play who. Um, I... I, I will tell you at the time when it started, I thought the coaches seating meeting was a, was a good idea. Um, as it played out, I, I just, I'm glad they, they are looking to get rid of it. Um, I know across the state, um, I heard stories of a lot of hard feelings and a lot. And, and let me tell you from experience after three and a half long months, having to go sit and fight for your team against another team, it's it's only going to lead to frustrations and, and sour feelings. Um, and so I'm glad they got away from that. Now, I also am a big believer in the tournament that you got to win. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter if it's the NCAA tournament. Sometimes some, some brackets are a little bit tougher than others. But I do like the, you know, uh, we have enough social media outlets and BC more to, to the where people should know who the best teams are 
put a tournament out there that's you know accurate i think like you said the girls have modeled that for a long time um the the coaches don't have to give the exact seeds i i think uh you know the guys up in boone will do a good job of of knowing who the best teams are and then and then just making for great fun matchups um in sub states and then uh you have to earn your way to to get there and so if you need a selection sunday host we are we are available I, right is that what we're saying? Go. let's go i think we do a good job i think we'd be good <laughs> that would uh, be fun that would be fun that'd be a lot of fun we would uh we would definitely enjoy that we would uh chris Quayar, you can email any of us right Yep. Right, right, right. All right. We can maybe uh, I'll shoot him an e- maybe I'll shoot him an email. Here you go. We can work out <laughs> the details. Well, I don't forget, like I mean, that's kind of what they do with the football. I mean, like now, uh, like have a little, you know, a little uh, after that last Friday's game, and I, I think I I just hope not only do they change a little bit, but then I I, I and I think that I really I have, you know, good hopes that they. Uh, also spice it up and just let you know i've been harping on for a long time let the tournament be fun for kids and like a selection show or putting out the brackets that's fun stuff yeah they're definitely i mean anticipation for it too so you might as well have a little fun when it comes out and a little speculation and who uh, who got it right and who's got the easy path and all that fun stuff that uh we would love to love to be a part of and, and, and break down. So we are definitely here and we are available. Um, all right, guys, before we get out of here, uh, two Iowa boys, uh, Keegan, Keegan Murray and AJ Green finding themselves uh, in the NBA. How, how, um, how awesome is that? Um, especially with obviously Keegan going, going fourth overall. Um, that's big time. I mean, from thinking about draft picks and, and players and, that we've had come through uh, to be that high. I mean, it, it, it's, it's pretty impressive. Do you guys have any, um, any takes or any feelings as far as what, uh, what shook down last Thursday with the draft and then afterwards with AJ signing that uh, the two way with the bucks. I, I would just say, obviously it goes back to what we're saying. The talent level is so high in the state and it's so exciting. Um, obviously having two homegrown kids, uh, is just amazing and awesome. Those of us who are big NBA fans or love, love following these guys. And, and the good thing is, I think both of them have a really good shot to have successful careers, you know? So uh, my last shout out, though, speaking of Iowa, I hope you guys, have you watched the new movie with Adam Sandler, Hustler? Hustle. Uh, Hustle. Hustle. Yeah. Watched it last night. You watched that? Do yeah. you know the girl who's the daughter is an Iowa girl? Hmm. The dude, or the girl who is Adam Sandler's daughter, is an Iowa girl. Um, her cousin happens to teach at, at the school I work at. So um, I, I forget her name off the top of my head. But isn't that cool? That is cool. That was a good. It movie. was a great movie. And then speaking of the NBA draft, you know that was kind of, mm-hmm. and all the Iowa connections. It's just uh, everything kind of revolves around Iowa. <laughs> wait, wait. What did you say? We're in the center of everything. Usually it's Wisconsin this, Wisconsin that. Repeat that again, Larson. (laughs) Until college football season rolls around. Oh, okay, okay, okay. There we go. (laughs) Adam, what do you You think about – sorry to to interrupt there, Doug. What do you think about AJ with the Bucks? Is that something that uh, you you see see being an, an opportunity for him? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's a great opportunity. Um, obviously, walking into a team like that, um, you know, is, is, is better than most opportunities, um, especially signing, I mean, two-way. Um, you know, he'll get an opportunity to play uh, or at least an opportunity to play, maybe not play. But um, I honestly, just looking at their roster, I mean, I think he's uh, not as athletic as a Grayson Allen, but a better shooter than Grayson Allen. Um, so I think that if he can kind of, um, you know, make his niche hitting, hitting those shots, I mean, he's got, got creators all around him, um, you know, with holiday Giannis, uh, Chris Middleton. Um, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's a good opportunity and, and really cool. You know, I've, I've known AJ since he was, since he was a little kid. Um, remember him very, very, um, very, I mean, vividly, uh, at a, at a junior high camp, 
uh, competing as a second or third grader and being the best kid on a sixth grade team. Um, so, you know, knew he had talent back, back then, but, uh, exciting for him. And obviously Keegan too. I mean, I think his game, uh, you know, plays very well or will play very well in the NBA. Um, he'll get an opportunity to play in Sacramento. Um, and, and very cool that, you know, he's, he's, he's probably going to be playing with Harrison Barnes. Um, you know, maybe to play in the same position. So maybe battling out a little bit, but, um, you know, that's pretty cool having two Iowa guys on that team too. So, so really, really, really cool couple of days for the state of Iowa and in the game of basketball. I feel like, yeah. Um, Adam brought up his athleticism and now I want to be the first to tell you, I need to be fact checked on this, but I was actually talking to Bowen about it. Um, I think, I think is what he said. And again, I haven't looked it up. So somebody fact check it that AJ had the highest vertical jump or the highest vertical jump score at the combine. Really? I know he's, I know he's been working with a trainer for a long time, like a year. Um, like strength, you know, like plyometric strength and stuff like that, like personal so, trainer. So, so that could like be, I said, I haven't well seen be. that, but that's what I was told. And I'm like, man, that's, I mean, that does yield for some success once he gets up there too, though, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you might have some untapped stuff even in there. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, if he can, especially, you know, if he's got a little bit more that athleticism that maybe we haven't seen yet just because he was so ball dominant in college. If he's able to show the athleticism on the defensive end of the floor and shoot 40% from three, I mean, there'll be a spot out there for sure. I mean, it's a, you know, I mean, take a Matt Thomas, for example, who's who's found a way to get some really good uh, NBA minutes by playing defense and knocking down open shots. Um, Right. And so, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. And and at the very minimum, what a program uh, or franchise to learn from, Um, you know, whether or not that's something where he stays with the bucks for, for the long haul or cuts his teeth a little bit with them and, and finds his, finds his role somewhere else. It'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be, it'll be (laughs) fun to watch. Um, And obviously good for, good for the UNI program. Uh, as well to be able to have someone that uh, uh, like that that they can kind of lean on and that well, I'm sure we'll we'll share insight Doug I saw you doing some research did you get to it what was did, did you find it or no no I pulled up AJ Green and I got wide receiver from Georgia so um, <laughs> he, had a, he got a 30 34 and a half inch vertical I don't know if that's uh, <laughs> that's not winning it that's uh, no yeah. I don't think so either so I I, I couldn't uh, um no that's I, I couldn't find i couldn't find it for you i'm not i'm not that good enough that's all right that's all right, right. somebody I'm, I'm will sure, find it i'm sure somebody somebody will, will fact check somebody someone else. someone will let us know uh let larson know for sure so but yeah it's good for the state good for uh the uh state of iowa and in in the basketball community as well and it'd be fun to watch those guys and follow their journeys um with that guys it was a lot of fun uh we'll have to do it again here real soon as we move through things are getting um winding down ever so quickly with the fourth it feels like it's already next week it feels like once you get on the other side of the fourth um starts the downhill slide of summer and so we'll have to get a couple more of these in um, before the kids start thinking about going back to school but uh, we appreciate everybody listening we appreciate your support topics ideas kids teams coaches that we need to uh, keep an eye out for let us know um, we'd love to hear from you dm us or mention or get at us on twitter wherever um, we'd love to hear from you we appreciate your guys' support as always shooters shoot